VI Shots Live You Podcast, Episode 14. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of VI Shots. My name is Michael Ivaliotis, and this is the podcast devoted to the world of LabVIEW. With each episode, I bring you interviews, discussions, and share with you ideas for how you can take your LabVIEW development to the next level. Well, thank you again for joining me on this episode of the iShots podcast. I'm very excited today to bring you an interview I did last year at NI Week 2011. I sat down with a group of engineering interns at National Instruments. Now, these intern positions were not so typical. Hunter Smith and Ben James, who managed this group of students, gave them the flexibility to do whatever project they wanted, with the caveat that it had to be extremely awesome. Now, how's that for some parameters to work within? This group within NI is called Waterloo Labs, and I had a great time talking with them. It feels great to see so much excitement uh, in engineering coming from these students. Some of the projects that have come out of Waterloo Labs in the past is an iPhone-controlled vehicle, an eyeball-powered Super Mario game, and a Kinect-powered Etch-a-Sketch. However, one of the coolest projects so far, I think, is something they go into great detail in this interview. So, here is my interview with Waterloo Labs at NI Week 2011. Uh, my name is Hunter Smith, and I'm the uh, program manager for Waterloo Labs, and uh, I went to Baylor University. My name is Dylan Caswell. I uh, go to the University of Texas at San Antonio, and I'm a double E undergrad. My name is Tim Lynch. I go to the University of Rochester, and I'm a mechanical engineering student. My name is Peter Gaylor. I'm from Lehigh University, and I'm doing computer engineering and electrical engineering. Uh, my name is Humphrey Huang. Uh, I go to Columbia University, and I major in electrical engineering. Hi, my name is Ben James. I'm also one of the other managers, and I went to Georgia Tech. So, Hunter, can you uh, uh, explain to us a little bit what Waterloo Labs is and uh, how the program got started Absolutely. and where it is now? So, Waterloo Labs really started out of a desire to do cool things on YouTube with LabVIEW. Um, we, uh, I often read RSS feeds and things like Make Magazine and Gizmodo and Hackaday and saw so many amazing projects. Uh, and a- after starting in the Applications Engineering Department and supporting LabVIEW, I found that I, I had the skills to pull these projects off myself. Uh, and I kept seeing these projects. Why, why aren't these done with LabVIEW? It would be so easy just to do some of these. And once we kind of realized the potential for that, um, four of the applications engineers got together and we just decided to start shooting some videos and having some fun with it. Uh, so from there, it's really grown. And once we started having success, uh, NI has been really supportive in helping us uh, kind of grow this experiment. And uh, the, the next phase is uh, hiring interns so that we can continue to see where this program can take us. So this is a program that's sponsored by NI. It's, it's within the NI uh, building. I guess you guys reside within NI. So it is certainly part of National Instruments. Uh, Waterloo Labs is, uh, you know, now that we have a team behind us. Uh, we did work with several local businesses, uh, specifically the Austin Dev Center, um, where they uh, did work some off-site because uh, uh, every floor in the uh, in our Mopac campus isn't quite conducive to drill guns and saws and uh, uh, fire-breathing tubes. So uh, fortunately, the Austin Dev Center is a great local place that uh, has a facility that's perfectly suited for that type of experimentation and is very close to National Instruments corporate office. And uh, has Ben been with you all this time? or So uh, I, I recruited Ben early on uh, 
specifically for a lot of the project work that he's done. He has the exact same attitude about DIY projects and really passionate projects. And uh, I have had a chance to work with him on several different things, but uh, I brought him on to really help uh, manage the interns and to, to make sure that uh, we stayed focused and kept awesome. Crack the whip. Well, uh, so so I, I did. We had a, a twofold team. So we did have our R and D manager uh, kind of helping us crack the whip. Uh, uh, one of my main uh, goals for Ben was to make sure that we keep it sufficiently awesome, okay. <laughs> uh, sufficiently epic. That uh, uh, I knew he wasn't going to let us get uh, get lazy and uh, boring. So last year, because uh, I've been following uh, Waterloo Labs o- over the last year, and you had some pretty cool projects. Um, can you talk uh, probably a, an overview of some of them and maybe focus on um, the Mario uh, project that you guys did? Sure, yeah. Super I'll, Mario? I'll tell you a little bit about our old projects, and then I'll let, uh, I'll let the interns tell you about some of our new stuff that we have coming out. Um, so to date, we've had four major projects um, from shooting off fireworks using uh, low-cost USB data acquisition um, to a first-person shooter you could play with a real gun using vibration sensors uh, and a simultaneously sampling DAT card. Um, uh, our most viewed video to date is the iPhone-driven car. We're using a compact Rio in LabVIEW. We automated a Delta Oldsmobile 88 that we bought on Craigslist and set it up so we could drive it remotely using an iPhone app that we created. Uh, the most recent project we've done is our iMario system, uh, where we used a, the electro-oculogram technology to monitor the electromagnetic signals around your eyes to determine which direction you're looking, and use that direction to then control an original Nintendo Entertainment System. And actually, that was popular as well. I think you went overseas with that, didn't you? Yes, uh, I got to go to uh, the Gadget Show Live in Birmingham, United Kingdom, and uh, present this system uh, to uh, a big audience over there. The the system that we had on the Waterloo Labs video was uh, designed using a single board Rio embedded controller, which is pretty high end for this type of application. When we took it to the Gadget Show in the United Kingdom, we actually redesigned it to use a Lego NXT and sensors that are made for high schoolers. And so we will have a video uh, coming out in the future that will show uh, a more detailed step so students could actually build a system like this themselves. To ask you, uh, Dylan, so what... um what attracted you to this this whole endeavor here? So I first uh, received an email from Water Labs after applying just to National Instruments for internships. And I read the email. I had seen their videos previously, but I didn't make the connection at first. And after a little bit of Googling, I searched around, saw that they had a YouTube video asking for interns. I was like, wow, this is a big thing. I hope I can still uh, have a shot because there are, uh, I believe, over 100 applicants so I was kind of worried at first but uh, once I received the call that I got the internship uh, was excited told my family I was moving up to Austin I'm from San Antonio so it wasn't a, as big a change as some of these guys had but uh, it's been a, a change as well and just after seeing all the videos I just knew it would be a great summer and I could uh, be able to do work on projects where I could have valuable input and put my own little spin on it that's cool. And yourself, Tim? Um, I actually found it by accident. Um, I was abroad in London for the year doing a study abroad program. So most of my um, summer internship experience looking for it was done online, just sending my resume to random online sites. I didn't really have any face-to-face connection just because I was overseas. Um, and so I was applying to a bunch of these jobs, and none of them really excited me. It was mostly desk jobs, doing stuff for other engineers, stuff they didn't really want to do. they just pass off to their interns and be like, here, do this. I don't feel like doing it. 
So one night I was up pretty late, I was looking around online, and I finally just got really frustrated and just typed in awesome engineering internship into Google. And first thing that came up was a post on Hackaday, which is this site, it has all kinds of crazy stuff people have done, um, they posted up on this blog. And this blog had picked up the internship video, like Dylan mentioned, call for interns for this Waterloo Labs, which I had never heard of. I didn't even know what National Instruments was at that point. But I looked through it, and I was looking through it, they linked to the iPhone car video and some of the other stuff. And as, as I was reading it, I'm like, this is something I could really get into. It would be really exciting to do some of these projects, get to explore different things, move down to Austin. Um, I'm from New Jersey. I go to school in New York, so I've mainly lived on the East Coast. So just a whole new experience. So I sent my resume in, made a little video resume, which went around the office a few times. Um, sent that out. And, yeah, a couple weeks later, I got a call from Doug, who was one of the original founding members. Um, talked to him for a little while. And then Hunter called me the next week and said I had an internship. And just went from there. Oh, that's cool. And yourself? Uh, mine's similar to Tim's. I was looking for interesting internships, stumbled across the Hackaday post, and it looked awesome. That, as with him, I hadn't actually heard of Waterloo Labs. I vaguely remember something about the iPhone car, but not in particular. And then thought, wow, this is an awesome opportunity. I could have a lot of fun with this. So, I went. That's great. And you, Humphrey? Um, well, the first time I came across Waterloo Labs was when I was doing research for my senior project, and I came across the iPhone car video uh, because my senior project also involved an iPhone. Um, so I saw that, and it was, it was amazing. I mean, it was crazy. There was people standing on top of a car, driving around, driving through boxes. I was like, that's great. But at that time, I didn't know there was an internship. I didn't even know it was associated with NI. Um, it was only later on when I was applying for internships that I... Uh, decided to apply at NI because last summer I had did some LabVIEW programming. Uh, so, I did, so I thought, okay, maybe, you know, they're looking for someone who has some LabVIEW experience. Um, and as I was looking through the internships on NI's website, I came across the Waterloo uh, internship offer. I was like, whoa, I saw that really, really awesome video. I mean, this is a great opportunity. So I knew right then and there that I had to apply. And, you know, it just went on from there. Oh, that's great. Uh, ben, can you describe with your involvement over the past uh, with Waterloo Labs and, and what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it all kind of started, I think I started bothering Hunter about maybe coming up with the next Waterloo project before I even heard word of the interns. And uh, when he put together the idea to have the interns, he came to me and said, I'm going to need some people down on the floor to help out, to manage. I'm going to be pretty busy with my job and I need to make sure that uh, we have a sufficient level of awesome technically speaking and so uh, I said absolutely and uh, he said I'd get some some film time and get to boss some people around and make some really cool <laughs> projects I was yeah I, I fell right into it and it was great um, that's basically how it started and since then it's been it's really awesome working with we picked them because they're so motivated and ambitious uh, have the technical chops to put these kinds of crazy applications together and so it's it's kind of just been hey guys what do you need? How can I help? Uh, it's been it's been a great management experience. So let's talk about some of the cool stuff that's happening this year. Uh, I know you guys are working on some some secret stuff that so, I don't know if you can talk about it, but uh, what's going on this year? So we can certainly talk a little bit about it. Uh, um, we will be showing uh, some early access footage uh, at our day three keynote. Uh, and so after the day three keynote, we'll certainly, uh, if, if uh, you're going to publish after that, you can certainly uh, include anything here. Um, and so 
when when they when the interns started, we gave them a, a list of potential project ideas and really let them choose from that list which ones they wanted to work on because we knew we need projects that they could get passionate about and uh, because you know they're all pretty ambitious uh, in, in the style of Waterloo Labs. Um, and so to tell you about the projects, I'll, I'll let them uh, tell you about it. They they know more about it than anyone. Um, okay, cool. Wanna uh, who wants to wants to uh, respond yeah, so to that? The first day of work, uh, Tim was still in London, but we. Uh, rented out a little conference room we sat down we had a list of a ton of great project ideas which were ranked by awesomeness and uh, just feasibility feasibility and things like that so after going through them we kind of had a a little bit of an idea of which ones we actually wanted to pursue so uh, we pretty much started right off from there once we uh, came up with our first two projects which uh, one involved uh, connecting the Etch-A-Sketch and the other, uh, the MyDAC and karaoke kind of, and also, as well as a, a Rubens tube, which is a tube with fire. Uh, you get a hook propane up to a metal uh, cylinder tube with a speaker on one end and holes drilled across the top, so when you light it, it can visualize the audio and fire, which will add a little twist on our videos. Well, now you're talking about flames and fire. That's interesting. Um, that <laughs> caught my attention. Uh, so okay, so uh, can you sl- uh, tell, start from the first one you mentioned there, the first project. Um, okay, so for the Connect sketch, right. which we uh, labeled it, we took a Connect, which is the fastest selling uh, product ever, I believe, or electronic product, and we uh, started off with, well, what can we do with this? This was one of the ones that wasn't exactly on the list, but we kind of improvised a little, put it together, and it uh, seemed feasible. So using the Connect, we get a depth map, and uh, a few weeks into the internship, Microsoft released their SDK. So we uh, used .NET implementation and got it into LabVIEW. So we got that working, and once from the, once we got that working, it was pretty simple. We did a uh, uh, just a, the closest point tracking, and we hooked that up through the Arduino, which uh, Ben was involved with the Arduino toolkit in LabVIEW. We hooked that up to some stepper motor drivers and some stepper motors which are on the knobs of the edge sketch mm-hmm. so now we have it to where you can uh, trace out in 3d space anywhere you want uh, in the connects depth uh, field of vision and it traces it on the edge sketch yeah and this is just a standard edge sketch yeah, yeah, from standard yeah. we put a few gears on the knobs and the gears on the stepper motors so we get the uh, accuracy of stepper motors and the uh, affordability of the Arduino. Is this is this what's uh, being presented tomorrow? Or? Um, so for the day three keynote on Thursday, Thursday uh, yeah. we're, we hope to show a, 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 the, the new version of that as well as a trailer for one of our other projects. And what's that other project? Um, one of you want to handle? handle? Sure. Well, we've done those first two projects, which, I mean, they're pretty awesome themselves, but we wanted like a big one that had the same punch as the iPhone car or something like that. So we use these first few projects kind of as a warm-up to our big project, which was a real-life Mario Kart setup. Um, we partnered with Austin's Park, which is it's like mini-golf go-karts just north of here. Um, it's a pretty big entertainment place. But they were nice enough. They gave us four carts and unlimited use of their track. So we had four full-size go-karts. Um, we basically tore them apart, ripped everything out, see how it works. And then we um, implemented our own systems to override each control system in there. So we have a pneumatic steering setup with pistons that actuate the tie rods back and forth. We have pneumatic steering on the brake. We have servo-controlled throttle. And within those three systems, we pretty much have full control over the Mario cards. Kind of like what they did with the iPhone car, but 
different setup. We were using pneumatics and things like that. And but it's still powered by Compact Rio. Still powered by a C Rio and LabVIEW. So we used a little bit of their code, but it turned out we really had to write our own to get the amount of control we wanted over this. And then for the item system, which of course is a big component of Mario Kart, without that you just have go-karts driving around. So items were a big thing we were focusing on. And we finally decided on using an RF system for that. Um, so we have an RF tag in each item. It's very similar. If a lot of people have these at work. You swipe into your building with this little key card. You just hold it up next to a pad and lets you in. Um, that's a passive RFID, whereas what we use is an active RFID. You have to put a battery inside the card, and it boosts its range at least 10 to 20 fold. So we have these cards riding around in each item, and then we put a reader on each card. Each card has its own C-Rio. So you hook this reader up to each serial, and then we also had a wireless radar in each cart, which communicates back to a base station. So you throw this item, and the reader on the cart picks it up. So say I have a shell, and I were to throw it at you. The reader on your cart would pick up that there's this shell coming at you. It would detect that if it gets within a certain range, it must have hit you, and then it communicates to the pneumatics and the brake and whatever to make your car spin out, hit a wall, whatever, whatever the appropriate response is for that. <laughs> so yeah, we did a lot of crashing and bouncing off walls and hitting each other and stuff, but it was a lot of fun. It just shows how powerful these... I mean, it's basically, we used a C-Rio, LabVIEW, and some pneumatics and servos. It's not a very complex system, but when you rig it up right and just run around and see what it can do, you can have a lot of fun and be very powerful. So with these carts, uh, there's people riding in this? Yeah, we were actually okay. in the cart. So you still in the function cart. as a normal go-kart. Yeah. It was just, um, when you're driving around, it's just the same as always, but then, say I get a mushroom or something like that. When I activate that, all of a sudden the turbo kicks in and my cart just shoots off. <laughs> or if I get hit by a shell, the steering gets messed up, the brake hits, and you spin around, stuff like that. Cool. So, but then once the item goes away, you're back to driving normal go-karts around. Wow. I, I thought this project was, was really amazing, that it was really true to the Waterloo Lab spirit. You know, obviously this has a lot in common with the iPhone car in that it, you know, it has that compact Rio and LabVIEW and some simple mechanical uh, uh, creations on top of that and a Wi-Fi network. But I think the, the other cool thing is that you know, we did the original iPhone car project with four people in four weeks. And uh, in about the same time frame, uh, the, the interns who had no previous experience with Compact Rio were able to really design the system from or the Lab ground View. up. Or LabVIEW. <laughs> so they were able to learn LabVIEW, Compact Rio, real-time FPGA, uh, eight different types of I.O. in a few weeks and, and pull off a really remarkable system. So how many carts are in this entire, just one cart? Or? Uh, it was a four-cart system. Oh, four-cart. Theoretically, we could have implemented as many as we wanted, but there's four of us, so we figured we'd get a cart and <laughs> drive around. Plus Mario and 64 it was limited to four players. Yeah, we figured four players for an N64, it's fitting. Um, but the great part about our system is it's actually a fully bolt-on system, so we could take any go-kart and just attach this and took maybe, what, half an hour, an hour to outfit each cart? So we could just go bolt it onto whatever cart we wanted, and we had an instant Mario Kart set up. It wasn't like we modified anything on the cart. It was all in addition to what was already there. Yeah. So it makes it very modular and very convenient. I, I could see people, after they watch this video, they're going to start setting up their own systems at home. <laughs> in theory, they could. Um, go-kart tracks. Yeah. yeah. Might you could get some nice go-karts. But all our source code is online. Um, we have detailed descriptions going to go up as how to do this. So if you have the equipment and everything, theoretically, you could do this at home. Um, I also do have a, a leading question, if you don't mind. Uh, in Mario Kart, if you shoot a green shell, it can only go uh, straight forward in front of you. How did we implement that? 
Well, um, that was tough at first. At first, we wanted to make the red shell a homing shell. In the game, green shell goes straight, red shell homes. So we're like, oh, we should do some kind of tracking system and propel the red shell around. We're trying to do magnets. We're trying to do all kinds of crazy jets in there and stuff. And it, we tried it. It didn't go very far. <laughs> but, yeah, so obviously that's not the most feasible way to attack this problem. So we finally decided, okay, let's let them throw the red shell wherever they want. So you're driving along, you're holding this red shell, you can throw it any direction as long as you can turn and throw it that way. But then that left us with the problem, how do we lock in a green shell to only going straight? So our final design, we took a, basically a modified potato cannon. Um, it's a pneumatic PVC cannon. Um, powered by an air compressor, gets up to about 120 PSI or so, pumps up this air chamber, mounted on the side of the cart. I'm using way too many hand gestures here. Mounted on the side of the cart, and then you load um, the shell in, you charge it up, and then you pull up behind someone, and as soon as you're ready, you just flip this one lever, and it just blasts the shell out at them. Um, it doesn't hurt that much. We've all taken a few hits from it. But you know you got hit, and it's a great... I disagree. Okay, well, I pegged Ben. Fortunately, ahead. all of our items are plush. Uh, yes, <laughs> are, are nice plush Safety toys. Safety first. So, um, but yeah, it was just a fun little addition, and it just looks cool too. Driving by on a go kart with a big cannon mounted on the side, we got a few good looks driving around the go kart place. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, can you, uh, can you do, like, how was the team effort in this project? Like, who did what part in, in this project? Yeah, like, that's the great part about it. Um, we all had our own specialties. Um, Humphrey, you want to talk about what you did with the programming? Uh, yeah, so I mer- mostly worked with the serial, which was pretty much the brains of our system. It was uh, what happens when we detect the signal coming from the RFID. You know, it's going to take that signal... Uh, try to interpret it, see what item was actually detected, and then what should happen to the car. So uh, pretty much I just worked uh, on the uh, software control side of things. Mm-hmm. And you, Peter? Um, I had prior experience with pneumatics. I played paintball, so whenever I tech my own stuff, lots of that is dealing with high-pressure air systems and such. So then I was able to design all the pneumatic systems, finding the length of the strokes of the pistons and things like that, finding manufacturers, places where we can get all this stuff, the valves you need. Uh, and then Tim did the mechanical stuff. Yeah, as a mechanical engineer, I was basically in charge of making sure all the mechanical systems worked, all worked together, everything was mounted on the cart. Uh, when things started breaking and stuff, I'd make sure, figure out why this broke, how we can make sure it works better. Uh, just making sure it was a solid system and that it functions as we thought it should. And then Dylan's a double E, so you took care yeah, of Yeah, I took care of the... We needed some circuits to uh, control the valves because there was enough current output on the digital modules we were using in the serial. So I did that pretty easily. And other than that, I was just kind of helping everybody with everything. Uh, we had all four of us. We weren't strictly uh, doing what uh, one thing, so we were all helping each other out, making sure everything was going along smoothly, making sure we're all on the same page in terms of how... Uh, the project's going, what needed to be done, and as well as just talking to the managers, updating them with our progress, and just setting everything up. So, uh, Hunter, was there like a deadline or saying, you know, you have to get this done by this date, or how was that project management <laughs> going? So, uh, you know, Waterloo Labs is always, uh, by its very nature, going to be working up to the very deadline, and uh, because of the, the nature of how ambitious our projects are, and... Um, how feature creep uh, as we tend to want to keep adding items in um, you know we do have to cut these to the red line now for, for, for this summer and for this internship uh, the two projects that they started with were really a great way for them to get to know each other get to know the tools lab view uh, and um, kind of develop their own creative initiative now from the start we knew that we wanted to do that real life Mario Kart and uh 
this is their last week of the internship. This Friday, uh, they're, they're headed home, and so this was uh, the deadline. Fortunately, we got everything filmed uh, last week, uh, and uh, it's just up to editing now. So once NI Week is over and we have a, a moment to finish editing that, we'll get the real-life Mario Kart one uh, up and online. Uh, and so in the end, uh, you know, while they started at the very beginning of the internship doing small things like ordering parts or doing research, the majority of the work for this project was done in three or four weeks. So how long was the internship, uh, the total uh, duration? Ten weeks. Ten weeks. So how did, how did you guys like the whole experience? I mean, was it everything you imagined or...? Did I lie in the uh, initial uh, <laughs> process? word yes, it was awesome. Oh. Okay. That sometimes you can want to have more hands-on experience. That you can have theory classes, and they're still very theoretical. But whenever you get down to the nuts and bolts and circuits of everything, it can be very, very satisfying. That you can spend hours slaving over something, but then when it works at the end, that little satisfying LED turning on or something, or the valve clicking, means that it really proves you've learned it. And then you were able to do it, and now it's going to be really cool. So, especially with the Mario Kart project, you can drive on go-karts, but whenever that go-kart hits, I don't know, 30 miles an hour because the mushroom boost just turned on, and you can barely steer it because it's just that powerful, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to go head on into a wall. Yeah, yeah, but, well, it happens. <laughs> So Humphrey, uh, this is was your first experience with LabVIEW, right? Uh, well, I had a little bit of experience uh, last summer, but nothing like this. It was just basically coordinating uh, electrical testing instruments. So yeah, definitely not as fun as this. Um, but if I could uh, just use one sentence, I would probably say that um, I can confidently say that out of all the interns at NI this summer, we definitely, us four, had the most fun. <laughs> so what was your experience like? Uh, we came in, as we said, we, as I said before, we had all the projects in front of us. And it was that, that first day when they were just telling us, hey, choose what you want, do what you want, see how far you can get which uh, I'm sure a lot of interns don't get that much freedom. So they kind of put on our shoulders to live on the Waterloo way. So uh, it was just unlike anything I've ever done before. So where we get an idea and the details of it were undefined. Uh, in school, they pretty much have a strict uh, setting for stricter rules for all your projects. And there's a certain other aspects of it that you can't really change. But here it was up to us. And we pulled through in the end. We had a, a lot of changes to our projects, but in the end, they all came out. And it worked great. That's great. And yourself, Tim? What was your... Yeah, I think the whole just learning as you go thing was great. Because we came in here, most of the other interns get some kind of training, um, like at least a week or two of going through, this is LabVIEW, this is how you use all the different things. Um, we didn't get any of that. Hey, you got a one-hour crash course from me. I missed that. <laughs> I wasn't there for that. I came in, I'd never even heard of LabVIEW. I'm like, what's this LabVIEW thing everyone's talking about? So I didn't know any of the hardware, didn't know any of the software, but it was just great coming in there and just learning as you go, really. Um, we were on middle of the, what's AE stand for? Applications. Applications engineering. I knew that. Application engineering floor. So we're surrounded by the guys who are on the phones all day helping people with this kind of thing. So it was great to just be there and you'd be working away on a project. And whenever you need help with something, you just call out like, hey, who knows how to do this? Whatever that may be. 
and either someone would help you or they'd be like oh go see so and so so you go running across the floor and find someone else and bounce around so it's just great you get to meet people that way you learn all kinds of different things that you wouldn't necessarily learn in school or even just going through the training just they give you a training manual you work through it we really got to learn we learned the basics, but we also learned so much outside of that just from working through the projects and all the problems that came up. Obviously, there's going to be issues when you're trying to do something this complex in this short amount of time. So just working through that, finding creative ways to solve it, learning other stuff on the side, learning what works, what doesn't, it's just a great experience overall and something to take away from it. And probably sort of moving forward in, in the future, you probably change your whole outlook on, you know, what's out there. Oh, and, certainly. And just opportunities for, for... As Tim mentioned before, lots of internships, you do the work that the actual engineers don't want to do. For us, we got to do the projects that the engineers wished they could do. <laughs> so. That's absolutely true. The, the irony is that uh, the founding members and, and Ben and Fred and I did a lot of work to really create this internship program. Uh, and the irony is I've never gotten to work full-time on Waterloo Labs even one day because, uh, you know, it's always been my side project. So these guys are really the first people to get to do it full-time. And it's really glad to see that, that they've really gotten the experience from an NI perspective that, you know, we like to say we don't have strict rules, we have guidelines. Uh, and, that, you know, we try not to impose artificial limitations and, and rules. Uh, I started as an intern at National Instruments. And even though I, my project wasn't quite exciting, uh, you know, I definitely had that same experience that I had a project that was mine, that was important, and that, uh, you know, really could contribute to the company. Um, and so, I, you know, I think these guys have done a great job. Uh, every time I gave them flexibility and freedom, they'd come back and <laughs> have a, a tube shooting out fire. And I'm like, all right, we'll give you more. <laughs> uh, and so... Uh, when you, when you get the right people in, in the right environment, it's just a matter of kind of letting them go wild and, uh, to really un unleash the potential. Okay, well, uh, thank you, Hunter. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. And thank you, Peter. I love LabVIEW. <laughs> awesome. And thank you, uh, Humphrey. Uh, thanks for having us. And thank you, Ben. And thank you. Well, that's it. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the iShaws podcast. I'd like, of course, to thank the Waterloo Labs team. I can't wait to see what they're going to come up with this year. Make sure to visit the show notes page on vishots.com to find links to the content mentioned in this episode. You'll also find a photo there of all the interns and myself. You can also leave a comment over there with any questions. Just search for VIShots Podcast Episode 14, or you can send us an email to feedback at vishots.com. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.